0: in a world driven by selfies and social media where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. Good afternoon, Yam. How are you? Great, great. thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Awesome. I'm. Thank you for taking the time on this busy pre-holiday week. Um, it's everyone's a little bit hectic, so I really appreciate the time, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I've been we've been talking for many months on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and I'm really looking forward to really the you know the, the real time conversation. So I'm really looking forward to it. So, cool. thank um, you. Awesome so from you know if no one who people don't know who yam is yam it yam Regev is the co-founder uh and ceo right? ceo yep yeah, ceo of zest which is this amazing uh solution it's not just a product it's actually a solution online that help basically helps uh marketers and people in the digital space to really learn self learn uh their About their great the great about articles and read from other people in the field and instead of just trying to Take a course or whatever it is, but rather find Content around the internet that's relevant to you and to the marketing space Uh, Am I correct?
1: Yeah? Yeah, definitely. That's that's a great way to to describe it Um, You know, but basically um, uh, zest is like a, a knowledge building platform for a marketing professional um you know we, we use a community curation and, uh, and AI to deliver the best uh, knowledge building content for our end users um, you know so they will be less um, less um, um, you know swallowed by, by loads of content out there and uh, to create a you know to help them cut through the noise of everything that is uh, you know information overload, and that's the best way probably to, to you know to develop your marketing talent um, You know, in one world, the technology knows how to distill, sort, and prioritize content from the web. web. And then, of course, as I said, build the, you know, a micro-learning path for each end user.
0: How did you decide to focus on marketers as opposed to any other industry that uses, you know, everyone's using the web today? How did you decide to focus on marketers or anyone else or any other industry? Why did you use marketers first and then and not some other industry that maybe you're more comfortable with or some of the people that are on your team?
1: Sure. So th- that's a great question because, um, first off, we need to, to understand that our solution is, um, is for professionals, right? It's not, um, it's, you know, if you try to put it on a scale, so it's not really B2C, um, of course, but it's also not B2B, right? It's like more business to professional. And then when we understood that, we, we said that, all right, we need to hit, um, you know, the most engaged kind of uh, audience out there. And if we are here to solve some sort of uh, the pain of information overload for, for professionals and to try to cut through the noise of, you know, loads of content that is out there. So we thought, um, who are those um, uh, people who, or which set, which vertical um, um, or web vertical, we can say probably professionals are feeling this pain of being overloaded with content. And we understood that marketers and marketing in general is um, kind of vertical that is quite you know feeling them the pain and, and and this kind of overload. But not only that, uh, we also understood that uh, marketers have a lot, uh, the big part in the, in, the, in the pain um itself because a lot of marketers are creating content for the sake of creating content, not just for not just to create it in order to you know to add a real value to their, their readers or to their audience. So I think that uh, the, I'm a marketer as well, of course, in last twelve years. So we understand that, we, that marketers are both part of the problem and a big part of the solution. And we thought that probably this vertical or the professionals in this vertical uh, will uh, probably uh, mostly appreciate this kind of, uh, of solution. And, and, you know, I'm looking two years back, so I can say that um, we, we were right. We have today 100,000 um, users. All in all, all of them are just marketers. Uh, from var- from different countries and different levels uh, in their career, uh, but probably marketers uh, and the more senior they are, the more appreciate this kind of solution that build their their knowledge by using learning you know, experience and and articles, podcasts and videos. So I guess that that was it. And you know, we use we use it for the POC for the proof of concept. So we are now modeling everything, so we'll be able to quickly expand to other web-based verticals you know, like uh, design, development, sales, support, customer success, and so on and so forth. So I think that most web-based based professionals have some sort of the same pains, you know, of being overloaded with content, uh, finding, how, finding how to uh, develop their, uh, their talent in the flow of work. Um, so I believe that we'll be able to give solutions for other verticals as well. But as, as you said, we choose to start off with, uh, with the marketing vertical.
0: So... Take me through someone, you know, the, you called it micro learning. And I love that idea because have, have, as someone who uses the platform, you know, as a solution, I, I can't even call it a platform. Someone who uses a solution on a daily basis to really learn articles, see them, upload my own articles that I see. And I've, I've found that maybe someone else hasn't seen. Take me through the process of, you know, a normal user who is just getting started or just becoming a, a you know, a, I guess a consumer, a not only a consumer of content, but also a contributor to the uh, well, I like to call or what we you know marketers call it, you know content curation and content creation yep. on Zest
1: right so, so that's an interesting tag because what we understood as, um, as professionals you know the way that we consume um, uh, content um, or let's put it that way the way that we as professionals are prioritizing what type of content we should consume because I believe that um, like me probably you as well and, 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 and the listeners as well probably all of us are uh, going to consume I don't know Two articles today and tomorrow, and the day after, and maybe a podcast here and there and, and video. Uh, but we understood that there is no solution that is um, both effective and, and, and trustable that um, it will tell you, um, yeah, this article or this podcast you should listen to right now. This is the right thing that you should do as a professional in order to build your talent and, and knowledge. And that's your way to progress um, and to develop um, as a professional and um, what we understood is that uh, there are two accesses as far as it relates to how we uh, as professionals are prioritizing the content that we are going to consume and one of the accesses is a personal connection kind of access right so the more i personally know the the person who who shared uh, the article or wrote the article so probably the more likely it is that i will consume it the other access is the the vertical access is the professional bond that i have with with this uh, person So the more um, professionally I connected with this person or the more professionally I I, um, adore this person, let's say, the more likely it is that I will, um, you know, prioritize his content higher and I will be able to consume it. And of course, the more I know him personally, uh, sorry, the more that I know this person personally and the more that I uh, appreciate his professional doing so, the more likely it is that I will read this content, his content right now, whether... He share the content with me on whatever WhatsApp, Slack, uh, Facebook Messenger, or whatever, or they share this content on, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and, and so on and so forth. And this is what's, what 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 Zest does in a huge scale. So we understood, we understand and analyzing personal and professional bonds between different uh, profiles of users, and then we um, it's easier for us to build some sort of um, micro learning path for each user based on other kind of, you know, um, accounts and and profiles that we have. And um, once we understood this one, so we also understood that we have two types of users, um, or core users or segments, we can say, within the product. We have um, consumers, people who just come and use us as um, a utility platform to build their knowledge. Uh, They come, they share, they click on articles, they save, they follow other people, and so on and so forth. And we have the contributors. Those people might use Zest as a utility as well, but they also share share content that they believe that the other tribe members should consume. And this is what's so nice because we are not aggregating content from the web, right? We are um, using uh, the community power to distill or to be the first filter touch point for for everything that gets into the content distillery that we built um and and by doing that we we are making sure that uh, the content is much you know in a high um quality of course after someone suggests their content so we have machines who um you know just analyzing the content and then score it and uh, making sure that the content holds added value so basically and i'll try to you know wrap it up uh we have two different segments within the within the product um one of them are consumers the other one are contributors And we want to make consumers more engaged with the product. So we have consumers and we have weekly active consumers and we have power weekly active consumers as KPIs. Same goes for contributors. We have contributors and and weekly active contributors and power weekly active contributors. These are like micro funnels that we created within the product in order to better understand our growth KPIs and see um, what what we can do and how we can can improve it. And uh, within the company, we have people who... Uh, managed to grow the contributor segment and people who are, managed to, who are managing the the consumer se- segment, um, and this is this is basically um, how it works.
0: Awesome. So you've taken. I mean, I was going to ask the question: Is what? How do you d- differentiate yourself between the other, we'll call it, content curation platforms that exist? You know, the buffer, uh, not buffers, but like the Flipboards, the uh, feedlies of all, of, and all those different kind of, comp- uh, you know online kind of curation platforms. But your thing is yep. we're not just a utility that just kind of aggregates the content or allows you to find things that are relevant or whatever it is, but rather we're giving you the chance before we even give you the content, before we even present the content to our consumers, we're giving the consumers the ability to say, is this is relevant to me? Uh, yep. This may not be relevant to but to all the marketers, these are relevant articles. So even if, you know, you and I are pretty much on the same professional level, I might be a little bit more focused on one area of marketing and you may be another. So I'm going to give a pre-filter it. So that way, uh, the, the content is already trustworthy from the minute it comes up onto the feed.
1: Exactly. I think that, um, you know, if we try to look on a scale of, um, I don't know, um, amateurs and professionals, so Fleaboard, Feedly, um, you know, all those kind of automated, um, or aggregators or curator curators, you can say automated curators, platforms, um, they are much more on the um, amateurs, we can say, you know, in a good way. Uh, yeah. They're doing it in a huge scale. Um, over there, you can come and consume uh, content. And I think that uh, for professionals, it's not sufficient enough, right? We are here to build our knowledge. We don't have time to start and, you know, uh, sneeze through the content over there and see what's good and what's not. We need something that will validate it before we consume it. We don't want to waste it, uh, our time on click kind of articles or, or titles, right, and stuff like that. So I believe that, um, you know, you can see Zest probably, and now we are launching the new product, Zest and Light, which would be a mobile app. So I think you can see it more as a flea board for professionals or insta pages, uh, insta paper, sorry, for professionals or whatever you want to call it, but we are aiming for the professional uh, vertical. Over there, the, uh, the requirements from such a product are totally different. And, of course, it's not just about uh, or mainly about curating, automatically curating content. It's not the name of the game.
0: So you're, you're taking the professional content, you're really giving it that, the, you're giving the power to the community. My question is, and if I recall correctly, reading all the articles that I love and the, vi- the vibe that I'm reading from you and your success points, especially your, not too long ago, I think it was last summer, in June of, last, of 2018, you kind of summarized your first year with your success points, both per- personally and professionally, you kind yep. of created a chart of your success points. From what I recall, there's no funding yet. You're not funded yet, meaning you're, there's investors, but not, no proper funding yet.
1: Right. So we, we bootstrapped the company uh, for one and a half years, a little bit less uh, than that. We got to around, I think it was forty or 50,000 uh, users, uh, all in all. Uh, once we understood that uh, traction is, uh, is solid and the double-digit growth is, you know, is uh, like in a continuous manner, uh, we understood that um, we need to up our game. And then last August, we, we fundraised a, a fund. It was a pre-seed a round. Uh, but again, I, I, I still don't or, or can't uh, reveal too much about it. Um, but it will come probably in a few months, once we we'll release the Standlight. So it will be part of the, of the PR that we will release. But as of August last year, we are funded.
0: Okay, so that's my, my mistake. I guess when I read the article in June, I was before that. So I, probably, I'm, yeah. <laughs> So when I, um, I'm, I'm, a user, I'm a consumer and also a curator of the content on Zest. So I, I and you mentioned it a little bit, but I, you mentioned the fact that you're, you have people, you know, computers and automation in some way that kind of pre-screen, once I've suggested content, it screens it, it checks it out to make sure that it's relevant, I cetera. I also know there's some human beings behind it too, but um, so, which is important. But I, I, and you mentioned another point, which is a community. And I want to ask the question about something that I really am finding more and more, but at the same time, there's a lot less companies are doing it right. The way you reach out not only to an active consumer, but also to someone who has contributed an article is very personal, very down, you know, very humorous, very, you know, short brief to the point and uses the most relevant language that's right to the person. How did you come up with that concept? How did you come up with the, The idea that that's the way, that's the method to go as opposed to some, you know, generic email.
1: I think that um, in order to build a brand uh, that is, um, we can say, facilitator of its own users uh, and of course its own product, um, you need to know who they are. Um, For us, uh, it was a little bit easier because we are professionals. Um, I'm a marketing professional, but it was easier for me to understand what others um, are not doing, we can say then try to understand that there is this crack that I can, um, um, you know, as, as like water does come in and to expand it a little bit. Um, and I, I, I believe that it was everything that relate to um, the human touch. That, was, that is, I still think, that is still so missing from many other great products that have just been um, um, overlooked uh, because they have some sort of cold point of view or touch, we can say, with their own users. Um, but let, let, let me go back, you know, a few months back and, and, and tell you that I think that, um, you know, for, for every new product um, out there, the last thing that you want, or the, maybe the first thing that people will tell you, try to scale, try to do things that scale and try to automate everything. I think those are two horrible kind of um, tips that you can give to young entrepreneurs, to young products and young, young startups. I think that you sh- definitely should do things that, are not, that do not scale at the beginning. And you definitely should not use any kind of automation Um, with what you do is the more automation softwares and tools that you will use, uh, the bigger the buffer that you will create with your users, the less that you will feel them, the less that you will know their language, their their jargon, um, what what they think is good in your product, what is bad in your product. Um, What we did uh, quite early is to remove all automation uh, tools, um, you know, from the way... And, and manually communicate with thousands of users in which we learn their, uh, their language, their deeds, their routines, the way that they, they consume um, content and knowledge out there, what they refer to be, what they believe is good content and what, what's not. We heard their language, uh, we understood their lingo, um, and then what we, uh, what we did is that we just, um, you know, I, I was in a place where I communicated with thousands of users manually each, each week. Um, it was a horrible experience for me, uh, personally and pro- probably for my family as well, right? Because it was like I think like 14 hours a day or something like that. Um, but we quickly try, um, um, created um, some sort of a model from it. And today, the way that we communicate with with users, of course, we have some sort of automation. But it all builds it it all built on 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 the way that I communicated with the users back then. So you know, if you use gifs or tables or um, some sort of um, um, Delirable, you say? Delir- delirable mistakes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, a spelling, it's, it's not really spelling mistakes, but if you use, um, you know, um, a double space. Right. All right, in, you, in your subject line, in your email, it's so human. Right. It's not that bad. It's not that bad as, as a spelling mistake or grammar mistake, of course. And it's, it's um, I'm not sure that the users know it straightforward, but somewhere back in their mind, they say, all right, there are humans. Right. Um, out there, uh, we 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 understood that people, professionals, they really want to uh, to feel uh, the warmth of our hands on their shoulders, um, not in a creepy way, of course, but in a, in a friendly way. So they will understand that there are people over there who really hear their thoughts, hear their feelings, and actually improving the product uh, just by you know communicating with them.
0: So you're creating, So I happen to love the idea, and I and you're right. You you have these like little. Mistakes and sometimes these like quirky kind of things that you know, unless you were these exactly. unless a human being put that effort in, no machine could ever get to that point. Which is you know a bigger conversation about whether machines could even replace human beings in that kind of level. But I, I like right. that, and even I'm sure that at this point you're automating some of the material, some of this the flow. And I, I think it's great that you're really taking the time to say, is, even when we're automating, we should make sure that there's some sort of human element into it, so that there is. Yeah hearing and we're always making sure that the, the consumer understands that we're there. But m- my question now is you're, you're calling you know, you're, you're considering this a, a, a solution for like micro learning. Are you viewing it as not some sort of, you're not trying to get to, the end game is not for that, for zest to get to a point where they're going to say, okay, you want to learn X, Y, and Z component of marketing. So let's offer you a, a class, a product or whatever it is. It's more just about content that exists. Am I correct?
1: um uh, yes and no and tell you and i'll tell you why maybe you know it's uh, we, we are throwing ourselves a little, a little bit a few months uh, to the future but i think that um, it's all about being um proactive and, and i'll explain there are uh, it's mutual proactiveness all right and, and, and i'll explain um when you want to learn something new um you probably will do or the way that we our professionals are learning we have two ways to um uh, to learn it's either that we will go proactively into, I don't know, a course-based kind of a MOOC, you know, kind of platform in which you can, you know, I don't know, uh, watch videos, like 16 hours videos over there, and, and try to, um, um, you know, build your talent over there. Um, you can go to Google to search for stuff. You can go to Facebook groups to ask questions. You can do many proactive kind of things as a user to go ahead and, and you know, grab some knowledge uh, for what you want to research. The other, the other option is that um, you discover knowledge, right? You're scrolling through a feed, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, whatever and suddenly you discover something that is quite match your interest and then you say all right i'll keep it for later i'll just consume it right away whatever it is it's either you are proactive or the platform is more proactive in this perspective um i i myself i'm, I'm super dyslectic i'm i i cannot i, I never you know last university um and stuff like that I, i'm a dropout and and um i didn't i, I cannot i never managed to, to finish um online course not to say uh, offline courses um You know, I was always a senior marketer or or entrepreneur or co-founder. I don't have time to consume, um, um, I don't know, long video courses and stuff like that. I cannot have, I don't know, two hours a day or one hour a day just to consume a video course or something like that. I always build my talent by consuming micro micro pieces of content. We can say again, like articles um, um, and stuff like that. So I think that that's the, um, that, that, that's the user proactiveness kind of perspective. What we are building with Zest, I think it's the far more, it's far more um, proactive point of view as far as it relates to the solution, and I'll explain. At a later stage, what we will do, and we are working on it today, uh, we are working on great integration with uh, Slack, Trello, Monday.com, um, you know, different Atlassian uh, kind of uh, products. Over there, you'll be able to integrate Zest to your task management uh, uh, solution, whatever it is. And then, and I'll give you, you know, really a really practical example. If the marketing uh, department or division know that um, in two months from now, uh, they're going to release whatever it is, like a new app, and there is a campaign around the new app out there. So Zest, as a knowledge building platform, will know how to uh, give the right knowledge building content for each team member. So the guy who do ASO, right, the App Store Optimization, will know how to properly do App Store Optimization and Zest will send them uh, the right uh, micro content uh, for that. Same goes for the guy who will do uh, whatever, product marketing, so they will know how to properly properly launch a product and uh, campaign, uh, for instance, and Zest will know it. We'll all know, we'll also be able to tell the team leader that, um, hey, you might uh, missing a function or functionality within your team uh, you might want to have someone who do whatever uh, UX writing uh, for your team because it's missing um, uh, for you and for this specific effort um, so either you want to build someone else's uh, knowledge toward this campaign and launch, or either you want to hire um, a team member a new team member to join the, um, the department and we will build we will proactively build uh, the path or the micro learning path for them so you got me right. It's like a, it's like a mutual proactiveness.
0: No, I got it. I, 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 I got it a hundred percent. I think uh, what you just mentioned to me is that you're not only personalizing the knowledge base of the person uh, of any professional right now, now from what you just explained is you're taking that personalization and that real top level professional content and saying is, okay, we're going to make it so personal so that within the team, uh, you know, within a, uh, an organization, regardless of size, what we're now going to be able to do is personalize the content for the person in advance of or perhaps enrich their professional experience. So that way, when they are launching products or when they're running campaigns or whatever it may be, they're ahead of the game and they have more information and not only talking from within their company.
1: Exactly. So, you know, you'll have the ongoing kind of uh, knowledge that you'll have to consume in order to, um, um, as you said so nicely, stay ahead of the industry. Um, and be on top of your game. And you also have those milestones, um, you know, as a professional, which you say, all right, I need to launch this client, uh, if I'm a freelancer, right, uh, this client website, or, um, um, you know, yeah, we're going to launch a new product. Um, So Zest as a a platform, as a knowledge building platform, will be able to build your knowledge towards this milestone, um, aside of the ongoing kind of things and and knowledge building content that will serve you um, anyways.
0: And, and what I also liked about what I just heard besides that is that you also said is I'm not only going to give the professionals their content for their specific industry or their specific component, but I'm actually going to do is I'm going to strengthen or empower the team leader or the whoever's at the top of the chain to learn about the different components within what it takes to launch the overall campaign, the larger product yep. or whatever it is, so that way they can ask the right questions to their, you know, the, the specific industry uh, experts in their com- in their company or in their team so you're not only giving yeah. you're giving everyone a little bit more personalization and information uh so that really explains the micro kind of education you know component of it so i really like that and I also it taps into some sort of like psychological um aspect or you know kind of I uh, when i was growing up at least or not you know i also come from like a little bit of an add background kind of thing uh and mm-hmm. There's this thing, you know, it's kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy. If you repeat something and you do it in small pieces, you break it down into small pieces, people understand it better and they grasp it better. So you're really playing on that, you know, kind of we'll call it psychological or, uh, you know, some sort of uh, therapeutic kind of solution.
1: Exactly. I cannot agree more. You know, it's, it's exactly that. Um, um, and, and, you know, it seems that me and you have the same kind of a background of, or problem or maybe, right. it's,
0: um, I you know, maybe it's,
1: it's even an advantage. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that um, um, it's all about uh, micro successes, right? So you build your knowledge. Um, as someone with ADD, you build your knowledge in small pieces, and you feel, oh, that was, uh, that was a successful attempt, right? I read the article. I learned something new. Maybe you need to take some takeaways. Maybe we, we will show you um, your, your knowledge growth graph and how you accomplish some sort of task and milestones. So you should feel uh, better with, with what you do. And, again, continue to improve um um as your talent as a professional
0: so asking the question the follow-up question that which you're kind of suggesting is you might i guess down the line you may come up with some sort of like ideal you know knowledge based you know kind of like a flow or a funnel of you know if someone wants to learn more about content product whatever it may be you'll say "Is here are 20 articles or 10 articles you know and then you'll kind of drip it to them he says you you look like you're interested in product marketing. Well, here's ten articles that we found. You know, one per day. Spend whatever it is, and then you'll just kind of give them like the, the you know the the old gold star for reaching the next level kind of thing. I'm guessing. That's yeah, kind it's of like fun. your
1: yeah yeah it's definitely that you know you, you you hit it on the head. It's like um um it's like your own uh, personal I don't know how to call it maybe AI um, right. mentor or teacher or whatever. Um, or your professional, uh, mag- your new age professional magazine, uh, or yeah. something like that, um, that comes and really gives you added value, kind of content that um, um, helping you to stay ahead of, your, of the industry while building your while building your talent. So it's a lot of buzzwords and a lot of cliches, but this is exactly what we are going to. Uh, this is what we are doing right now, especially with uh, Zest and Light. So yes, the, the answer I mean, is definitely yes.
0: You're right. It is a lot of cliches, but as someone who actually consumes. My, most of my professional content via Zest, at least on the web solution right now, I can tell you that it's not cliches. It really does. It's impressively uh, scaled correctly in terms of the content. And also, you know, I've also been, my content has been rejected. And, and even the rejection notice of saying is, thanks for submit, submitting. You're doing a great job, but, you know, it's still, it's not to the level that we want and even though that does sometimes, you know, kind of personally, you know, yeah. you, know you say like, Wait, recheck yourself, it's okay. It's like, it's meant to be that you're saying is that's okay. And it doesn't, it's not to be the personal, it's meant to be more saying is we're trying to reach a certain level and stay here. So if that's the case, yeah. then some it's okay not to be involved and that's, and that's okay. Um, so I really, I have to say is like the cliche sounds silly. And like you said, cliches and buzzwords, sometimes people think that they really are just buzzwords, but as someone right. who, myself, i'm i'm impressed at how the the level is always consistent the level of the content is right um, and you offer people the ability to kind of boost quote-unquote their content if they wanted to yeah um so you know let's go back one step is how did you come up with the idea of zest as opposed to some other name which everyone else is you know coming up with startup names here you know from every day of the week so what came up you
1: ask it yep about the brand name yeah Right. So we, 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 we look for some, we said first of all that no way that we're going to use uh, some sort of a verbal, you know, um, um, I don't know, um, modified word for something that we want to do for the solution itself. Uh, we want to differ ourselves by that. We wanted something that is uh, fresh and, and, and uh, and unique. And a few names came up. Uh, one of them was uh, zest. And then we saw a few things that were quite interesting. We saw that, um, um, Zest, and, and you probably know it better than, than, than I am, that um, have um, some sort of a, a cool slang a translation, which is like something that is exciting and, and something like that, right? So a it's zest, an exciting,
0: yeah, it's a, something. You have a zest is can mean, zest can mean two, two things. One can mean like lemon zest, which is like to scrape off the top of the lemon yeah. or orange. Or yeah. it means zest means like you have a, a new sense of life, a new sense of uh, vibration. Exactly right you have a zest for life is usually the term that they use exactly makes- and
1: we really liked it and we we also saw i, I think maybe bit more known in, in hebrew less in english but um you know the zest itself right when you peel the uh, the, the outer layer of the of the citrus i um, mean it, it holds where most of the essence of the fruit right, right. Or the, or the strongest essence essence of the fruit and that was completely um it, it it is still reflecting completely about what we actually do right because if we know how to take a lot of content or content from one end, and to know what is knowledge within this uh, content, so we are extracting uh, probably the most of the essence um, in uh, into the product, and and that's why we said that it's uh, might be a, a nice and you know not really self-explanatory, which is also cool. Uh, but I, I think that uh, you know both, as you said, um, um, excitement and and life and stuff like that, which is nice, and also the essence of what we do, which is the content and how we know what is knowledge out of content.
0: You, you mentioned just now, and I, and I have to, I want to really highlight a point that you've reached out to me several times as, um, as a marketer, uh, not for my you know, in, insights onto what you're doing, but rather to really make sure the community is engaged in a, in a way, because I've seen that you've done it across the board. My question before I ask you a diff- another question is, why did you choose to do first on the web as opposed to on mobile? Because uh, you know, today, most people are saying, as we consume on mobile, why would, we, why would you do a web-based solution and then go backwards into what you're doing now, which is Zest and Light, which is about to launch? Why would you do it that way as opposed to the other way?
1: Right. I think that even not, not, not just that, but uh, what we chose is quite a really challenging kind of destination, right? Because as it is today, most of, most of the activity goes on the new tab, a Chrome extension. And the new tab club extension um, have a lot of uh, advantages, but um, have a lot of disadvantages as well. And what we said at the beginning is that we are not looking for hyper growth or something like that um, to start with. Uh, We need two things. Uh, Both of them are quite um, challenging, to say the least. So one of them is to know what is knowledge. Um, And, you know, that's one holy grail uh, of the web. To know from everything from all the content out there what is knowledge it's one thing that you, you, we needed to um, to understand the other thing um, and is to know what is or let's say how professionals are interacting with knowledge and then what we need to do is just is not, it's just to combine the two um, so um, by choosing um, a new tab extension as our main destination again it's not even on the web right it's just new tab extension um, you know, more, a lot of people, a lot of users, uh, said that it's it's too intrusive uh, for them, and then they are uh, uninstalling the extension. And a lot of users are saying that um, um, it's distracting. So they have a lot of, you know, a ton of good content, a ton of amount of, of good content over there. But if they are in the middle of the, of the work and they open a new tab and they see a great article, it's just, you know, um, um, off focus for them at the moment. Uh, which isn't, but which isn't a bad you,
0: thing that's not a bad thing necessarily i mean for them it may be distracting but the point is that you're giving them exactly what they want and, and what they need they just may not be the right timing but in terms of exactly you're, you're playing onto that yeah. saying you're saying is i want you to find the time to take you know open that new tab and you know read and consume as opposed to just saying is oh when i have you know when i'm on the subway 15 minutes and i'll flip through flipboard not to say flipboard is True. bad but you want them to say, this is exactly what I want. I want that thirst for knowledge. True,
1: exactly. And um, the, the fact that it's so reachable, uh, you know, the, it's, you just open a new tab and, and you have, you know, the fountain of, of marketing knowledge out there uh, really, really close uh, to you. So that's great. Um, but, you know, for some, some users, um, um, it doesn't work, which is totally legitimate and fine. Uh, but what we understood that, um, uh, by starting off with this kind of uh, destination, which might be a little bit too inclusive, uh, we are getting a lot of information that we could not have other way, and I mean uh, to know how professionals are interacting with content or with knowledge is super important for our models. And by being on your uh, browser, um, using the permissions that we can, of course, nothing, um, uh, nothing more than that. So we managed to know a lot and to train a lot of the, uh, most of the algorithms of uh, our machine learning and, and AI machines. Um, it really helped us and to you know. How professionals are interacting with knowledge, how, how much they scroll, how much they stay on a page that we, um, you know, um, 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 generated the traffic out from uh, when they click. Um, so it really helped us um, to build those models. And now that we have a lot of data about it, so we know what is good knowledge, you know, and, and, and how to distill it. So that was one of the challenges. And now we know how professionals are interacting with it. So this is the time to go for mobile and, and with mobile, we know that we might have uh, more users um, over there. So we want to see the growth um, um, the, of the weekly active users grow, the, the amount grow. And also we know that we can control the, the experience uh, over there and we can still have the, um, uh, the chances by creating our own browser uh, to know how people are interacting with, with content uh, over there, which is exactly what we need to, uh, to do. Again, it's all about, a solution for professionals and not for consumers this is why um, and you also said that um it's the right content with the right uh, format maybe you prefer to know uh, you know to consume i don't know podcasting and videos and not just tech, uh, textual content it's also the timing so that will help us to do that on on mobile as well part of the onboarding for zest and light which is the premium version of zest so you'll be able to choose the format of content the tags that you want to follow uh, the time that you want to get uh, the articles um, or whatever the, the, the content is, um, and a lot of other customization things that will help us to better serve uh, knowledge-building content uh, for you as an end user. Um, and we know that from there, what we want to do is to go back and to create a, a solid web app that will give you the same, the same solution. And that will be the foundation for bigger integrations that will come later on, as I said, with uh, Slack, Atlassian, uh, Monday.com and other big kind of, um, um, you know, task-based uh, or task management software. So,
0: so I, I, mean, I mean, I'm super impressed that you reversed engineered the whole thing. In other words, you reversed it by saying, yeah. let's start with the web. Let's start with a, you know, new tab kind of solution as opposed to where most people would say, let's go to a website and then kind of go. But rather, you're kind of building it into the Chrome extension because, you know, most marketers have 10 to 15, who knows how many... Chrome extensions open, so might as well, or tabs open, so might as well play into that kind of, you know, solution. And then you said, well, now that we have all this information, we know who they are, we know what their activities are and how they use and consume content, whatever kind of content it is. Now we'll go back into the the mobile web, you know, experience, or let will call it more correctly, the mobile app experience, uh, and give it to them there. And there they can be much more customized and much more personalized in a way that, not only what content and you know, which, whether it's written content, videos, podcasts, but also exactly. what topics and also what time, which I mean, gives, yep. me, which is fantastic. I mean, it's just a, such a, uh, you know, a, a new fresh idea of what you want, what people or how marketers like to see their content, because it- Yes, to- I'll
1: give you two, two examples, M- Mordecai. So sorry to cut you off because, no, um, so- you know, um, I think that um, a, a lot of content is being consumed on the morning um uh, we know that today that uh, people are, are consuming content while they are in the bathroom for instance yeah. over there they, they need um, a much more light kind of um, knowledge building content not technical or new methodologies or new doctrines so that's an interesting take we also know that during weekends um uh, professionals are prefer to they prefer to consume knowledge that is more inspirational Right. um examples of cool landing pages example of the latest whatever skyscraper techniques uh, for seo things that are more um again fluff but not not in the bad way of fluff right not something that is too deep and you need to um uh, force your brain to to understand it and we know that during um uh, during the day professionals are uh, professional to uh, consume knowledge that is more that is shorter so no those kind of uh 12 or 15 minutes kind of, uh, of uh, articles, but they're uh, shorter. But they must, must be much more pragmatic and actionable, right? So they, they are eating lunch or, or they are driving to, to a meeting or something like that. They prefer to hear something or to, or to consume something. this is far more actionable. Um, and another cool thing that we'll add later on uh, for premium members is the ability to Um, Add on the article itself some action items and takeaways per article. So not not those kind of let's discuss Or or let's have some comments on a given article But let's exchange takeaways and action items from the article Let's try to extract the the essence of it or the actionable essence of it. And that's the way that new members probably will be able to um, to exchange Again, actionable uh, knowledge. Save some time if you don't need to, if you don't want to read the whole article. We have audio uh, summaries uh, right. of different articles and, and stuff like that. So you know th- this is the this is the way that we are uh, um, uh, walking through.
0: But then, so you've just hit on a point which, I, when you said it, it makes so much more sense. Is not only am I reading the articles now; I'm able to give notes and kind of leave some sort of summary about it, and then I kind of create my own. You know, I hate to use this term, but social network of of basically professionals who are saying, here's that, you know, if you want to sk- skim through this article, here's what my headlines or my points. And then you're kind of taking the model of, you know, some other creation platforms you are saying is this is yep. what I would recommend for this one. And that and then you're basically allowing the community to create their own funnel of learning based on their yep. own experiences. So it's you're taking because I was trying to I was, you know, in my head I was saying is I've used Zest for a while. I understand it. And now I was trying to think is like, OK, what's the next step? You know, I've read the articles. I can, there's only so much growth you can get to of how many people read the articles and consume and, and share and, t- and curate, but at some point you have to say, what's next? And now I understand what's next is that you're taking it to the next yeah. level of those points. So really integrate. I can that.
1: give you an example, as a, you know, an inside, insider kind of no, um, um, statistics that um, no. the, the most, um, and that's also help us build the right uh, model for the algorithms, but, um, you know, th- there are, um, I believe... I know a few tens of thousands of uh, social shares for articles who, um, you know, users discovered on, on this and then they're sharing it on Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and Facebook um, each month. And, um, and we, we give them some sort of weight uh, or score, you know, for these kind of social shares, uh, but not a lot because we know that um, for, on these social networks which are not that professional, even LinkedIn is, more about let's create more content and the, and the algorithm over there is designed to give you um a, what you want but not what you need so you know people are they're not spamming but they're just blindly blindly sharing stuff you know if you see a cool article and you say all right i'll share it on my twitter so you know you just um uh, tweet it through zest and, right. and that's it so we don't give a high score for that most of the shares uh, or, or the solid shares we have on zest are going uh, directly to Slack and, and, and Trello. We have a direct integration uh, for each article um, uh, on Zest for those two uh, networks. And over there, when we use NLP, uh, we can see what the prof- what uh, the user, you know, the professional user, shared with his team over there. Now, you know, on Trello and Slack, you will not fuck around. You know, you yeah. will share only proper stuff and actionable, manner, actionable things um, into it, and we can see what are the users uh, um, um, cards that they're creating let's say on Trello, and um, by that you can see that people are actually when they share an article they're not just sharing an article on Trello and they say, "All right, team, read it." Uh, they actually take a quote from the article, copy paste it to the card, and then they share it because again, um, you know they appreciate their colleagues and peers' um, time um, and that's what's interesting and that 's something that we discovered by again you know just listening to the users and see how they use zest. As a professional utility tool and um, this is how we came up with the idea that we need to add some sort of uh, takeaways and action item sections for premium members because that's you know basically it's all about that let's share and exchange some knowledge and help ourselves to develop our own talent by doing this tribal self-learning thing.
0: I love that concept of that you're you kind of you've not only listened to what the consumers are doing already which is like you said Trello Slack, whatever it is, they're writing some sort of note saying is this article will be helpful for us as we get closer to the campaign or whatever they've been saying. I love that you yep. said that. And not only not only did you say is, I'm th- they're doing it already, but now you're saying is they're doing it already. So that you could have just easily said is they're doing it already. Great. What you're saying is they're doing it already. But now let's make it so that it's even easier for them to do it in a way that's yep. simple and, and you know simple and usable and seamless. I-, I also happen to agree. You're right. When people share things on Twitter. A little bit on LinkedIn, even they're doing is sometimes they just says, OK, I'll just share it because I think it's an interesting article without that necessarily giving the practical, even though, you know, as a marketer, you, you always want to enhance that article and say, why did I read this? What's the what's the takeaway? Most people don't necessarily consume the articles and say, OK, I'll add my little point of view to it. Most people don't. Uh, marketers do for some reason. And I think it's important. But I, I think that's where the difference between, like you said, is a average user, or an average platform or solution versus a professional one, which is much more focused on that yep. you know, added value. Exactly. So, now, my question to you is, besides coming up with this amazing uh, solution and this amazing product, I'll call it a product and solution because it's both, and that really kind of speaks to not only, like you said, B2B and B2C because it's somewhere in between there. What else does Yam do besides you know, this, which consumes most of your day?
1: What, uh, like as an individual, not just as a professional?
0: Not as a professional. As a professional, you know, anyone who wants to see what Jan does with, with not only his amazing product, the solution that is Zest, but also his style, his writing, his, you know, very transparent of everything, which I have to be very, uh, I I'm myself is very, very impressed with and very, you know, I've got a lot to learn from there. Thank you. But um, yeah, as a personal person, as a person, not as a, not as a professional.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, it's um, probably um, as usual, you know, I have, I have three little daughters, um, the ages of uh, six and a half, four and a half, and two and a half. So, um, you, you, you know, it's, um, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm taking a lot of my um, uh, time in a good way, of course, and I'm trying to be, you know, really the best dad that, uh, that I can. But I can tell you that uh, my fourth kid, which is Zest, uh, is taking most of my patience, most of my time, and uh, most of my hairs, probably, you know, from the head. <laughs> so I, I believe this is my problematic, uh, beloved uh, kid. Um, other than that, I, I really... I think that the first two years uh, for Zest, it, it, it started as a, as, as a side hustle, right? It was really just for weekends, and then it became weekends and Tuesdays, and then it became weekend Tuesdays, and uh, half a week, and then we just, you know, we launched and we went full in. Uh, we went all in, in uh, uh, on Zest the first two years were really tough um, you know in, in every perspective um, uh, traction acquisition um, building the, um, uh, the platform uh, for me and my partner for Idan uh, Idan Yellowbit you know is my CDO and, and co-founder uh, that, that took most of my personal time uh, most of my personal life and um, I had to focus on that um, I think that um, you know. I, I, other than that, again, I'm i I'm I'm a family I'm a family guy, but you can be rest assured that they know how to um, I, I know to work hard and, and play harder. Yeah. So uh, whenever I can go to whatever it is, some um, you know trip in the desert uh, with my friends. I just came back for last weekend, uh, so we have like uh, five uh, jeeps that we that we use and just um, you know traveling around the desert which is really um, um, relieving and releasing. Um, so you can go wild a little bit over there and offload in yeah. a good way. You can offload uh, some stress. Uh, the desert is beautiful in these days. Uh, so, you know, I find those kind of um, places where I can offload stress um, a little bit. I think it's part of who we are as, as, as entrepreneurs uh, and to know how to handle uh, stress. And I think that you mentioned it as well, that uh, for Zest and, you know, all the team as well, we have some sort of um, um, resolutions, again, uh, for the for, for each week, for each month, for each quarter. Um, so I added in some, you know, trainings and I start to run, right. work out a little bit. I I hate it. It's, <laughs> it's you know, it's really bad, uh, but I still, I started to do it four times um, a week. Um, so I'm running a little bit, do some push-ups each morning and stuff like that, that I can tell you that it is life-changing, not just from the shape of the body or stuff like that, but, you know, it really gives you those 20 minutes that your brain needs each morning just to sort things in the right folders, yep. right, in your brain, and you can go uh, deep or you can dive deep uh, with a thing that is, uh, um, you know, hassled you a little bit during the night or the day before. And you say, and then you think about it a little bit and you, you know, you run, you're alone, no phone, no mobile, no nothing, and you you, you have those kind of enlightenment you can say moments in which you solve uh, crucial um, uh, issues that you have, whether it's in your personal life, professional um, life, in your business, and stuff like that. So that's a great tip that I can give to anyone. Just really do it. You know, it's Nike uh, saying it, go ahead, you know, have some 20 minutes a day work out, working out. It's, it is life-changing. Changing. I, I cannot even express um, how it feels, and yet I hate it. You know, I hate, I hate, I hate doing it. Yeah. Uh, but the added value of it is, is really tremendous.
0: So uh, my, my question to you is, as someone who's, you know, really got that balance correctly and someone who's doing, at least from what I see, maybe I'm wrong from <laughs> the times that we've discussed it, it seems like you've got the balance right. And you, you mentioned the idea of exercising, the idea of kind of finding those times to, you know, kind of cut things off and take some time to, away for yourself, uh, which is very important. What would you recommend as an entrepreneur who's trying to find, you know, trying to come up with that next big thing that maybe they're, you know, they're slowly get, you know, kind of either getting, dep- you know, not depressed but kind of bummed out from what they're trying to do and they're not seeing any success in some way? What would be your idea, your tip of, uh, you know, saying is now that you look back two years, which to me is already, you know, impressive because I remember when you kind of launched the idea. So you know, two years is already a, a mind-boggling. But what would you recommend to this, you know, to the entrepreneur saying is Besides giving them tips about mental health and things like that, what would you do? Say is guys about you know the person's about to say is oh maybe I should throw this whole idea out. What I, what, what would they do?
1: Right, I think that I tell you I tell you what, tell you what, what worked for me, um, and I think that by definition it will not work for someone else. But again, maybe yes, and maybe you can take can take it as an inspiration or um, you know as an idea and just modify it for for yourself for whoever is is is, is uh, watching and listening. Um, And and I'll start by by giving you an example. A few months ago, um, uh, Founders Institute, um, the international organization, they uh, invited me to Moldova for office hours and for a lecture over there. And um, after my lecture, so the day after, I met uh, young entrepreneurs, uh, which I'm doing in Israel as well. You know, I'm meeting probably, um, I don't know, a few. Um, each week. Again, I cannot give too much of my time for that but, uh, because I need to focus on my own initiative, but um, I, I'm still doing it in Israel and I met with those guys, uh, really bright entrepreneurs uh, in Moldova and um, something felt a little bit off uh, over there. Again, though, those are bright people and everything is cool over there, but it was clear for me that there is some sort of um, knowledge gap between the countries. Let's, uh, let's put it that way. And then what I understood when I researched um, Moldova, um, you know, entrepreneurial point of view, uh, if you, if you if you want so, understood that um, um, I think that uh, the biggest um, exit uh, that they have over there is I think again it's around the 300 million dollars uh, or something like that. Again, don't don't catch me by the word, but uh, it's something like that. Um, and then I understood that um, even if you'll go to uh, in Moldova, uh, you'll go to. Um, discuss, you know, is the most successful entrepreneur over there, uh, their knowledge is, again, is, you know, they are bright people, but it might be a little bit um, limited um, if you compare it to other, other uh, places, let's say like, like Israel, which you have, you know, um, a whole network and, um, you know, the whole scene of startup nation and, and all that. Um, and I think that um, what we need to know in, in, in Israel and probably in the States and, and, uh, and other huge ha- uh, high-tech hubs is that um, the access uh, for wisdom, you can say, or for uh, knowledge is is amazing. And I think that that's something that um, each one of us as entrepreneurs, whatever the stage we are at in our career or in our initiative, we should definitely um, exploit it in a good way uh, to the most. and just go ahead meet you know it should be like a weekly kpi go, go meet some three to four um high level or, or high profile kind of entrepreneurs in your region uh learn from what they do what what they did uh try to i think that it's a, it's um it's really a, a startup saver and i think that uh, their knowledge can save you you know maybe three months of you know walking around the solution well, you know that the solution is in a different place and not where you're walking around. Um, so I think it's, um, it's it, maybe it's, it's, again, something to related to Zest as well, but it's building your knowledge, whatever the, the professional knowledge that you need is, um, whether it's in some sort of vertical, but as, you, as your question um, may appear, so um, as an entrepreneur, because there is no school for entrepreneurship, uh, you can learn only from uh, the knowledge of others and by... Uh, um, you know, learning what, what, learn what others did. And I think that you sh- definitely, each young entrepreneur should definitely do that, meet other people, create discussions, keep those connections, ask, the, ask those um, people questions and, and fail. You know, you need to fail a few times, um, you know, a um, few times in a week, I think, in order to be, um, to create a solid uh, methodologies, routines, and to know that you're working on, um, on, on the right way award the success although it's um, you know it's a tricky way um, so just build your knowledge that's that's my tip
0: i had the last question that i forgot the question i was going to ask you originally but i after this question i had one last question uh sure. i remember a couple of months ago you were looking for some new people in your team uh, or people to like join the zest team is the zest team all based in israel or is it a global team how does it you know how does it operate in relation to other companies that you know maybe on a global scale and remote how does it work?
1: Yeah, I think that we are one of the first, uh, one of the first remote first uh, uh, companies um, in Israel. Uh, we are two we are two Israeli co-founders, so we are located uh, in Erzelia, which is near Tel Aviv. This is where our headquarters are. Um, and we have um, four people in our team, and they're all remote. Uh, we have people from the UK, Serbia, Lithuania, uh, Indiana, in the States. Um, and we have a few more volunteers. All those people, uh, beautiful people, all of them were users of Zest who became volunteers, who became uh, team members eventually after that we funded some money. Um, and I think that's beautiful. You know, I'm saying it and I'm all like goosebumps. I, and we had dozens of uh, volunteers throughout uh, the last uh, one and a half years. All of them were users who just appreciate the effort, the solution, the brand, the proposition, and everything else, and they just wanted to be part of it. Um, So each one came and tailored a small piece to the suit. And eventually we have this beautiful lemony yellow suit um, of, you know, of this remote culture that we built. Uh, There was a medium article that I published that uh, we call our culture the sunrisers. Culture, sunrisers, as far as we're concerned, those are people who will not wait that the sun will rise, that we proactively go and make the sun rise um and that's the kind of people that we are and that's the kind of people that we look to join uh, and want to join our team uh people who will question everything people that will be you know um a data database or data oriented um and will always be here to help uh, to help you i think that as a team we are running um uh, by the pace of of our slowest member it's uh, so not that we have people that are too advanced and people that are too we are not living on different islands although we are a working remote um, and we created a different kind of solutions um, solution within our remote culture that will help us to stay human. Not just professionals, but, but first of all, we are all humans. And um, you know, if I'm coming um, a little bit upset to the, uh, into the mo- uh, in the morning to the office, I have it done, my co-founder to put the right song and to give me the, um, um, you know, the right amount of sugar in my coffee so I'll feel better. But I know that for our guys abroad, they don't have it. Um, they use, you know, they, they work from home and stuff like that. I personally asked them a few times, um, and, you know, from time to time in our kickoff meetings each week, how many people they saw um, uh, last week, because I really want them to work from collaborative spaces and to walk out and to make strolls and, and short walks whenever they can. Uh, just to see the sunshine, to see some other people. Um, and to, you know, to be mentally um, um, a more um, happier, we can say. Um, but that's a really challenging um, issue. We also declared Thursday Zoom Day. So even today, um, you know, we have uh, all the Zoom is open and all the team is there and you can see others, you can you can feel them, you can hear them laugh. If someone is a little bit upset, we're trying to, um, uh, to help and to cheer them up. Um, I think it's really important to find the right uh, balance by the way, each day we have um, each one on a, diff- on a dedicated Slack channel is writing their core two to five uh, tasks they are going to, uh, to work on or to focus on today. Of course, we have the ongoing stuff and meetings and all that as well, but that way you can better communicate what you are focusing on. And if someone sees that you missed something or that you need to help them with something that you forgot, that's a great place to, um, you know, a great way to uh, cover those gaps. And again, to feel better because you feel that people are supporting your effort and you feel part, part, of, part of the team, something you, it's really hard to, or the feeling it's hard to create, um, again, when you work
0: remotely. That's awesome. So I want to ask my last question is, when do I get to taste this wonderful limoncello that you've been talking about for so many years?
1: Oh, I hold I you a limoncello. So it's, yeah. a, it's in the closet over there, over here. And I think that next time what we should do is that you will come over and, you know, we'll make a few shots of a real good limoncello. Um, so that's that's on me on the next time, that's for sure.
0: Okay, awesome. So uh, so for anyone who has not heard of Zest yet, for some crazy reason, if you're in the marketing professional, I don't know why you are, I haven't yet. Uh, just go to Zest.is, it's, it kind of just automatically uploads it to your, uh, sets up, gets set up to your Chrome. Uh, and now in the next couple of weeks, you're gonna be launching the uh, Zest in Light, which is really the mobile platform. So I really, Wish you good luck on that, and people will start seeing it that way too. Um, So, Yam, thank you so much for really your time. Amazing insights. And uh, I look forward to to enjoying the lemon limoncello with you soon.
1: Good stuff. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thank you so much for that.
0: Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it.